0: There, and welcome to episode 41 of Anne and Steve Talk Stuff. Where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast to talk about strange things that make the world go round. And in the interest of people knowing who that artist and economist are, Stephen, would you like to say a few words about yourself?
1: Um, hi, um, I'm Stephen. I'm an economist uh, at the University of Limerick, um, where I teach and I do research. I write for thecurrency.news um, and I talk stuff with you, Anne. Uh, that, yeah. that 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 that's uh, one of the most fun parts of my week.
0: Uh well, I I I agree. I am an artist, for, formerly known as as a theatre artist. That stuff doesn't really happen anymore. But uh, I do. I work in theatre and performance and directing and writing and music. And I also do this podcast with with the marvelous Stephen Hinton. So I do another podcast with Emma Langford as well, called the Limerick Lady. But um, sorry, I, I do cheat on you with with emma sorry about I, that, I
1: i'm that's fine i i that's, that, <laughs> that that that's fine i'm 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 completely comfortable with that i'm i, I think you have to be you just you know it's the 21st century you have to be comfortable with uh with with with, with, it, with it all so poly
0: poly, poly, podcasting. <laughs> poly podcasting
1: poly well, podcasting well in fairness
0: you you on any given week you could be on any number of shows so we're okay. We're we're adults here. Um, we're
1: all adults here. I have you
0: know. to also, I realize, because this is, this actually goes onto YouTube. I don't know if you realize that because the Zoom video gets put on YouTube. I, I should oh. really tell people this. And okay. I'm so conscious that the corner of the room I record in is quite cold. And I tend to wear the same kind of fleecy top because uh, it's really warm. Sure. And uh, I'm conscious. I'm now conscious that someone might be watching this on YouTube going, she always wears that thing, but it's literally, it's kind of my my podcasting
1: fleecy hoodie. So <laughs> I there's an amazing thing. Was, uh, yesterday mm. I saw this amazing post. This man categorized every single thing he owned for three years. Literally, like every time he wore a t-shirt, every time he wore a hoodie, and how often he wore a particular pair of shoes. It was kind of obsessive but also like obsessively good because he he charted it out i love a good graph and he you know he he really was he was like you know the cost per wear of each shoe and i was like this is my catnip oh my god you know i was (laughs) reading it going you know wow um and it was such a weird premise of an article i had to read it having read it i was like the world needs to see this but somebody sent me a a, a piece uh, an australian news anchor um he wore the same blue suit for a year didn't tell anybody like so on on, on camera on telly same yeah. blue suit for a year. No one noticed, no one complained, no one cared. His female co-author was getting letters in going, here are tips for you to to appear more stylish. The lad literally wore the same blue suit for a year. No one cared. You know, and and uh, I you know, I I I uh, I I think I think you you get a pass and and, and so Thank do you. I. I, I, I I'm you analysis not... on YouTube, okay.
0: Well, apparently, right. apparently it is. I oh, yeah. Right. I, I I regret saying that now because a lot of people might actually check it out. Whereas I'm quite happy for people to listen to us, but uh, yeah, I yeah. don't dress for this podcast. Can I say I don't do anything visually for this podcast? But it's not because oh, I don't hello, love you. hello just... denizens
1: of YouTube. I guess yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> perhaps perhaps. But come here, Stephen. Yeah. Um, I thought we would get right into talking stuff Uh, because as usual you're a busy man and we can just whittle the hours away and then we we run out of time Um, but this week I got a message from a friend of mine and I I texted you as well and uh, my good friend Roisin Stack who also works in theatre and she basically she she read an article where basically uh, it was kind of two things where Credit unions were, were stopping taking savings because they weren't getting enough loans. That was one thing she was like, what the hell is this? And the second thing was, it's something I've thought about, not exactly the way she put it, but um, basically a number of years ago, uh, car insurance used to be higher for young men because they were considered more of an at-risk group. And then this was considered... Um, discrimination so rather than bring the young men's premiums down <laughs> to the same as anyone who wasn't a young man be it a woman or an older man they just brought everyone's premiums up and um you know it just was just lose lose uh for for the customer and her thing was that when applying for a mortgage for example they uh if you are considered an unsafe bet for whatever reason, if you don't earn over a certain threshold, you will not be eligible. And her thing is basically, you know, look at my credit rating, look at my debt history. I have never missed a payment on a rental. And yes, so technically maybe on paper, I don't earn over a certain amount, but I am a really, really... Sure thing. And her thing was like, is it not the same to discriminate against people who don't have the highest earnings, but have proof of being good, paying customers to, to their accommodation? Uh, and that was going, to, I'm whittling it down. I hope Rogene uh, is happy with that summary. So it was two things really. It was that thing about discrimination, inadvertent. Against people who maybe earn under a certain amount, but will always pay their 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 mortgage. M- or, yeah, I, no, are actually paying rents way higher than a mortgage if they got one. And the other thing is about uh, people not wanting to take any more savings because they need more people to take out loans. So that's my uh, that's my summary. What what you, what say you, Stephen?
1: Well, first off, Roisin is a perfect example of a really smart person asking a really smart question, because this is a really smart question. It gets to the heart of some of the major problems that we have um, in our country and probably across a fair bit of the world. Um, so the, the way to think about it is, um, is, is in terms of risk. And I'm going to differentiate between risk and uncertainty. So risk is the probability that something happens. So you, you have a risk of falling down and breaking your leg and you've got a risk of winning the lottery. Right. If you, as mm-hmm. lo- a conditional on you doing the lottery, obviously. Yeah. Um, so there's upsides and downside risks. When you insure anybody, what you're doing is you're pooling risk. You're taking Steven Kinsler, the driver who's, who's, who's a bad driver. And, and then the, therefore the risk of him crashing is high and Anne Blake the good driver, who's a safe driver, the risk of you is low. And you're pooling those things together, right? Mm-hmm. And you're saying, Stephen, you pay X and you pay Y. We're going to put them together. And in the event that Stephen has a crash, we're going to pay out. Mm-hmm. And same for Anne. So you're always pooling it in. So think about think about premium payments as like adding, uh, opening a tap and a bath and just adding to a pool. And mm-hmm. there's a pool of, it's, it's literally called liquidity because the, the basic idea is is a bathtub. And, it, and, and as people uh, crash their car and need a claim, they, they take it out of, they just take a cup of the, uh, of, of, of the repayment amount or, or, or the, the payout and they just take it out of the pool and then it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. The insurance company's problem is keeping the pool as high as possible um, while also making a profit right mm-hmm. that's the basic problem and that's why you always have insurance companies saying we'll do you a deal come on board you know uh, blah 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 because they just need they need more water in the pool right yeah. because the risk is out there and you know, if bad things happen sometimes bad people ha- cause bad things but almost mm-hmm. all the time it's just you know you're driving along you know and there's an accident things go wrong L- you know there's downside risks you n- you're very rarely insured for upside risks uh, in in life but hmm. there is an interesting problem uh, that that raises but we're not going to get to it now so the question then is that uh, what's the difference between risk and uncertainty uncertainty is something that you can't plan for because it's never happened before a risk is a repeated problem so they they, they, know, they know i'm a 42 year old male the pro the, the, there have been many other 42 year old males with my income class my education level uh, my marital status and all that kind of stuff um that uh uh that Um, they know for a fact because they've run the experiment of what happens when a 42 year old male with my income and my, my, my education level drives a car. The Mm -hmm. probability of me crashing a car is one over 2000 or something. Right. And so they set the premium such that people like me who pay out, pay, you know, they, they, we, we crash one in 200 times. And so therefore, or 2000 times, and therefore they have to uh, set the premium so that they don't lose money when people like me pay out. Mm-hmm. And they add those slices of people up. So 42-year-old men, 42-year-old women, uh, 18-year-old men, 18-year-old women, and so forth. Mm-hmm. The discrimination case that Roshan was talking about, it's statistically proven that if you're a 19-year-old male, you're far more likely to crash your car than a 19-year-old female. And so th- what the insurers were saying is these people are costing us a fortune We need to discriminate against them by charging them above average uh, uh, amounts, because when they crash, they cause huge damage because they're typically driving faster. They might die. There's huge payouts. And that's causing, you know, everyone else to to, to pay more. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a perfect example of what economists call adverse selection. Say that, you know, you have a heart problem and you're going to go for health insurance, exactly the same idea as car insurance or life insurance or boat insurance, whatever. Um, if you know that you've got a dodgy heart, you're going to go for the highest amount of insurance that you can get because you want to pay out for your family and you want to be covered and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But that, that's a problem because the person who's most likely to take out the most insurance is also the person who's most likely to uh, have uh, the most need for that insurance. Sure. And so I'm not, I don't have a heart problem. Uh, uh and so I should never go with that insurer because my my premium is going to be far far higher
0: yeah right? sure yeah. so
1: they're trying to avoid what's called an adverse selection problem mm-hmm. um uh, and it's, it's a key problem in, in insurance and actually weirdly um today or yesterday the first um female, Uh, Secretary of the Treasury in the U.S., Janet Yellen, was confirmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And only the second economist ever to hold that finance minister role, which is really Really? interesting. Second Uh, economist. Yeah, yeah. Probably the most qualified human on the planet to hold that job, by the way. Incredibly. But she's married to a guy called George Akerlof. George Akerlof won the Nobel Prize in economics. So you've got a Nobel Prize winner in economics who's married to, she used to be the, 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 the most powerful central banker in the world you know, right. and was also the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. Like when I say ridiculously qualified, ridiculously qualified. Mm-hmm. But the reason he won the Nobel Prize is for thinking about what happens when I have more information than you. So you're the insurer mm-hmm. and I'm the guy uh, who's at the dodgy heart. I actually have more information about myself than you do. So you need to treat me uh, in a certain way, right? When I show up, I have to give you some information by law. And mm-hmm. then you figure out the risk to me Right, and yeah. uh, and uh, or my risk to you, which yeah. is by the same token. So the discrimination part was that the case was you can't discriminate against people on the basis of their gender, mm-hmm. even though statistically speaking, you know men are more, more likely, uh, uh, young men are more likely to cause this problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, that meant that the risk, which was sitting on the shoulders of the young men because they were paying huge premium, mm-hmm. that went down, and but but the risk pool still needed to be covered so everyone else's premia went up
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay so in a way the legislation while perhaps just in a in a legal way from a risk sharing perspective it's probably a bad thing because it meant that you know young men who don't bear the costs of their own uh, their own um uh mistakes in a certain sense of course they they do if they get into trouble Mm-hmm. So then, so that's risk, right? And you, yeah. you, so it's the probability of something repeated happening, yeah. and you've got uncertainty. So there's a probability that a forty-year-old man might crash a car. Then there's uncertainty: a meteor might just crash in the door. Sure. You know, uh, I had a lecturer years ago, and what he would do is he would give a he would give an example of risk. He would just have two dice, and he would like roll them on a, on an overhead projector, and everyone was super bored. And then one of his friends came in would would come in uh, um, uh, dressed like an Indian and throw a uh, 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 frozen chicken down the aisle, and this frozen chicken would like bounce down the aisle, and he would go, "That's risk." that's uncertainty <laughs> right and so so the probability of you know you having a heart attack is, is is one over something the probability of somebody throwing a you know a frozen chicken in the aisle well it's much much lower you can't repeat it you you don't you don't have any basis for it
0: yes of so, course. Yeah. so
1: that's that so then the question the, the second part of uh, of of her question is like what's the story with these these mortgages and the answer is the mortgages are done precisely the same as the insurance contracts. They're looking at your risk. And what they've seen is that people who have a certain income profile, there's something called the age earnings profile. So as mm-hmm. I get older, as I get older, my income levels out and then goes to zero or near zero because I've gone on a pension. Yeah. And so you can think about it like a, like a tall, like a hill that you're cycling up. You, 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 your income typically peaks in, in your late 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, early 50s and then it just kind of levels off because you're not you know you're not getting another job you're not more more productive whatever and then you, you go to 65 or 67 or something and you, you just retire so what they're doing is they're they're looking at roshan's income now they're projecting it forward right and they're yeah. saying oh okay right so 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 the pre the value of interest rates might go up and down so let's say if the interest rate goes up by two percent can roshan mm. still in for, still afford her mortgage if it goes up by 3% because she still afford the mortgage and yeah. the model says, well, people with this income profile, um, with this repayment history, typically default on an average of 5%, you know, mm-hmm. cause things go wrong. You know, life happens. Uh, people get sick, they die and they might need to be, might need to be helped. They, they might lose their job, you know, like, like, you know, bad things happen as well as good things. Of course. You, yeah. You almost never need to insure against good things because if Roisin or you or I win, win the lotto mortgage paid off. Job mm-hmm. done. Happy mm-hmm. days, right? Um, but the downside is what we need to work on, and that's why you have to have life assurance when you take out a mortgage, Yeah. right? And so, it, because if you die, and you you know you never know, you might get hit by a bus tomorrow. Sure. Um, now the probability is very low because none of us are leaving the house. But <laughs> but the point is, it there's it's. I mean, if a, if a bus comes in through the second floor of this three bed semi d i'll go look uncertainty as it crushes me right and there you go um (laughs) so it's the same thing so the model is it is paying it out even though it's really clear roshan can afford the mortgage right now Mm -hmm. right because she's already paying more as a monthly stipend in rent right yeah uh now the real question is why are interest rates so high Hmm. so roshan goes for a mortgage if she goes for a mortgage i'm just gonna actually pull it up uh Uh, now she goes for a mortgage um uh in denmark today yeah right um it just writes uh if she goes for a mortgage in denmark today she will get a mortgage for 20 years at zero percent in other words she borrows 200 grand say she will um she borrows 200 grand she will um she will uh Pay back two hundred grand. Pay Sorry, I'm just grand. reading the rates now. Yeah. Uh, so, if you if you borrow two hundred grand now, um, it's two point three five percent. That's the right. best with KBC current account holders. I'm just looking at the un- un- unbiased website. I don't. Sure. You know, I'm not and, shilling for for big big bank. <laughs>
0: kbc would... does not
1: sponsor this podcast they just happen to have the lowest interest rate um, but if but if the... they want to <laughs>
0: <laughs> but come here so i okay kbc I
1: fantastic bank love KBC. I kbc hashtag kbc for the win yeah so
0: what's 2.35 percent yeah. so, of 200 grand i can't be doing
1: yeah yeah so, so well well don't forget don't forget, that, don't forget you, you, that's so so uh while you might think that you you're you're going to end up spending like, you know, oh, that's only five or six grand. That's okay. Remember it's every year. So, yeah. you know, you, 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 you add it up, you add it up. Um, yeah. And that's uh, that's a big deal. Um, you know, and then uh, first time buyers, even more expensive. So they're 4.5% for Bank of Ireland. Yeah.
0: But, and so this is yeah. the thing, and obviously I'm not an economist and I'm not a, a person looking at these, but if you, i I do I used to feel this before um we were very fortunate enough to buy our house was in my entire life I had been renting for at the time like I've been renting for half my life and in that yeah. entire time I have never once missed a payment yeah. ever and I wasn't even earning that much i'd be I'd be working in cafes and pubs, but I never missed my rent and um yet you see people who earn a lot more money defaulting a lot more often because there is just a lot more permission for that in the higher the earnings. So is there any kind of an argument for looking at your your history?
1: Yeah, I mean, they do look at your history. So if you go for a mortgage right now, they're mm. going to ask you for six months bank statements right? They're going to ask for wage slips, like three months wage slips. They're going to ask for a letter for your employer. They're going to ask you about any loans that you have and all that feeds into the model. And so Mm -hmm. what's a model, right? It's literally a mathematical model that says, it's a causal statement that says, if your income is above this and you have no loans and you're you're 32 as opposed to 52, Mm -hmm. the probability of you repaying this is over 95%. Give the loan yeah. if those are things aren't true. So, so take the exact same person, right? The exact same person, uh, Stephen Kinsler, professor in U. L. You know, a uh, uh, public servant, blah blah blah. So, whatever my risk profile is, right? I'm 42 years old. Just, just move me forward 10 years. Now I'm 52 years old. The probability of an adverse health event for me is way higher. So, men typically in their late 50s, early 60s men typically have if they're gonna have any kind of health care that's typically when it comes Mm. you know so so the model will say well hang on a second according to what are called mortality tables Mm -hmm. at a certain time you know they they, they might even ask you for medical data right um at a certain point in in life you know the body just starts giving up it's typically around then you know so I would be even like, like on an income basis, I probably wouldn't be a risky, risky uh, proposition at all. But on an age related basis, age adjusted basis, uh, I might be and then you know, I might have an, an adverse health um, um, outcome. So yeah. it's not just about income as well, or, or repayment schedule, they, they do look at that data, and it does matter
0: yes Hello. no I know I know and I suppose her question like and as she said she she said in the voice man, "Look, I'm just thinking out loud here and this this entire thing was adjusted that I know gender is much clearer it's a much um it's it's a much more kind of say, dare I say kind of black and white basis to readjust the model but you know uh these these this age group this gendered age group were being charged more, or whatever, and then it was considered that's not fair. Mm. Let's readjust everything. Um, and that there are people who aren't earning as much, but basically can never, despite like they, they will forever be paying these high rents that are way more than any mortgage they ever pay, and they will never miss a payment because they want to keep a roof over their head yeah. and they will move their money to make sure. So, is there an argument that, um, of, of discrimination against people who earn under a certain threshold, but have proven track record of being a solid bet.
1: Yeah. So not only is there an argument for it, so economically there's a very, very strong argument for that. Mm. So um, let's say Roisin is paying, I don't know, 1500 for her rent, but her mortgage might be 800. Mm. Yeah. That's 700 quid that she's not spending in... Uh, supermarket, uh, you know, she's not spending it in the pub. She's not spending it on, 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 and, she, and, and she's not saving it either. Right. She's not, uh, she's not getting a pension for herself. You know, you know, all there, there are all these things that she's not doing yeah. because she's paying, you know, a, a landlord's mortgage and the landlord's mortgage is very high. Why? Because the landlord took out a, you know, 5% mortgage and, you know, a couple of years mm. ago. So there's two solutions. One is that you actually lower the cost of funding these mortgages. Yeah. So the way a mortgage works is the bank, let's say it gets a 20-year mortgage out. The bank writes up, the bank gives you that money and says, you know, we're going to give you 200 grand right now. You're going to pay us back at 5% a year for, for 20 years, right? Or 5% a month for 20 years. Um, we're going to get most of the interest off you first. So they, so so many people don't know this, but, you know, if you're paying 1,000 euros a month, maybe yeah. only 200 euros of that 800 is the principal, the actual money that you borrowed, the other yeah. 800 might actually just be the interest.
0: Yes. yeah. On yeah. that.
1: So the bank kind of gets its money out of you first, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- those, um, those calculations can be fairly scary to see, particularly if you've got a big mortgage, if like, if your mortgage is like, I don't know, 500,000 or something. You, yeah. And you started at and you start paying it at 42. Like you're not going to get into the, into the principal until you're in, 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 really into the principal until you're in your like fifties. Wow. But the, the, the the there is a very strong argument um for uh a set of products that is very 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 cheap for the average person hmm. right so if you look at it now in dublin you need to have like a, an income of 88000 or something to to a couple so each of the, each of you have to have like 88000 to to each or that. between you or oh, maybe it's between you actually okay. um uh which and to afford like a two-bedroom apartment I right see. so uh lisney auctioneers came out uh so, sorry this is the the society of chartered engineers came out Char- chartered auctioneers excuse me auctioneers don't know what i said sounds... <laughs> <laughs> <of> <laughs> came out and they said yeah 88 grand um for a two-bed apartment or something Jeez. in dublin and the problem with that is if you like, that's fine. If you happen to live in like, you know, uh, uh, Black Rock in Dublin, but the median income in, in, uh, in Limerick is like 40,000. Yeah. Right. So it's not going to work down here. Right. It's yeah. not going to work in, 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 in Galway, let alone in, or Cork. It's not going to, you know, so, mm. so you can't make a policy like that. And that, that traps people like Roshan in, in rental accommodation forever, um, which which might be fine. It might be her choice, but it also, like if she wants to own a place, it means mm-hmm. it's very, very difficult to do so. So the question is how to lower the cost uh, of, of acquiring housing. There's two ways to do it. The first is you, you come up with a way to lower those interest rates, right? And so a new bank, for example, might do that, or a state bank might do that, it, there's no there's no coincidence that the lowest interest rate in, the, in this market is being charged by KBC, the latest entrant, in, entrant into the banking system in this country, right? Mm. Um, the other way is by what's called financial innovation. So you might have something where uh, you, the bank comes up with a product which says, Roisin's paying, let's say she's paying 1,000 a month for mm. her rent. Well, every month she's going to pay 1,200, okay? And right. that 1,200, the 200 or maybe maybe 300 of it so 200 from from roshin but 100 from the government actually goes to towards the production or the the buying of equity in the house Mm -hmm. so after a couple of years with the consent of the landlord of course the uh, roshin owns that house right yeah So, so she's able to demonstrate through a process that's helped by the government and financed by the government hey listen I can do this. Right. And that, that sort of, it's that kind of process where you start saying, listen, I'm going to build up an equity. It's called an equity buffer. I'm going to build this thing up. So we're going to have 30, 40, 50 grand, but it's invested in this house, Mm. you know? And so what that does, if you think about it, is that lowers the risk to the bank. It's yeah. like uh, she's, this woman is definitely going to pay this thing off. Rogin's ears must be burning, by the way. We're just uh, talking about it constantly. I'm she, sorry.
0: She'll, she'll love it. She'll I'm love it. I'm sorry, Rojin. I apologize. <laughs> Jesus. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, sorry. Our, our listeners like to yeah. feel included yeah well yeah they're definitely included today you know so
1: the, those two policy options by the way the the, the new bank entrant lowering bank interest rates mm. is a really really good idea and lots of people have have discussed um options for like public banks metal banks um state banks you know this kind of stuff because you know fundamentally again like the bank borrows money to give to you yeah right and it borrows at a certain interest rate yeah and then it it tags on a bit and then gives it to you right yeah and so uh if if a different bank didn't have the same cost of funding that bank of Ireland, aib and so forth have then they would be able to order a lower offer a lower interest rate which is why the danish banks can do what they can do yeah
0: i was gonna ask how come you can do that in denmark they yeah they they can do it in
1: denmark you know you, 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 even like interest rates now are zero zero near near zero percent for for the state for ireland this is why we're able to borrow so much and hand out so much in pups and all that kind of stuff so, and has there been know?
0: like and is there not a, um has this not been proposed or is it just weird that we've been stuck with the center-right government forever and they just No, you know i mean uh,
1: it's been proposed many times the question is how does it actually work right so yeah. Imagine that there's a brand new entrant into the mortgage market, mm. which says, hello, my name is, you know, Steve Bank. And <laughs> here at Steve Bank, we will offer mortgages of 0% to everyone. What happens to your mortgage and my mortgage? I just what? think about it from your own perspective. What would you do? I'd move. You'd move?
0: I don't know. I'm not In I'd, about
1: you'd... five seconds, you'd yeah. be like, um, <laughs> thanks. I don't know who you're with, but, but thanks, you know, AID, yeah. I'll see you later right um and that's what you do so hmm. you would it's it's a bit like um which would of course imperil the, the banks that we have now right because god love them Yeah, you know but but well well you see you say that but they're state banks right they're part of the state in a certain <laughs> mm-hmm. sense you know um so who would end up paying for them
0: Look, all I'm saying is I used to live in Galway, that's how I met Rogine and I remember my local bank uh just the the bank bailout happened and overnight scaffolding went up and they just did it up and I was like anyway, I'll say no more. Um <laughs> Yes, go on. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep my biased uh, uh, <laughs> angry fist waving uh, comments to myself at the moment. So, yes, why why, why, can't, like, we have a housing crisis at the moment. We have people I'm going to drop her name again, like Roisin dying to own their house, not and to uh, you know, kind of being able to move out of a position of, of paying possibly twice what they are, at mm-hmm. least a third more than what they would they're, pay with the mortgage. Like, why can't, are there steps towards this we could take?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there are. So one thing that we can think very carefully about is the generation of public housing. So public housing mm-hmm. is not social housing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's housing where you get a, you get a, a private company or, or an approved housing board and, and it builds the houses, right? Using very low interest rate loans. And it builds the houses for a certain cost, call it 300 grand. And it then, um, will either sell you the house or rent it to you. They typically rent these things so they stay in state ownership. That mm. lowers the price of everyone else's house. Remember, Roisin has to pay a very high rent because there's very few rental properties. So yeah. if there were loads of other properties available, the landlords wouldn't be able to charge as much, right? Yeah. And because the landlords can't charge as, as much, everyone else's rent goes down. So it's by, it's a really good thing for the economy because remember, every bit of rent you're not paying is money you're spending in the economy, yeah, right, or on your future self via pensions, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the social housing the best place to look at this is Vienna in Austria. Um, and the, the beautiful thing about social housing is there there is that it's it, it mixes people of different income levels. So let's say um, I could I could be in this beautiful apartment, right, and I have a high income, and you live in the same beautiful apartment just downstairs from me, and you have a low income, mm-hmm. right. I'm paying my rent, which is a thousand. You're paying your rent, which is a thousand, but you can only afford five hundred, and the government gives you five hundred. Right. Yeah. So we. So so from the housing authority's perspective, the 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 rent is coming in is the same, right? I get you. Yeah. And it's keeping and it gives the this 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 small company the money to keep the building up up and running, right? So it doesn't become the council's problem. That was a, a big problem in our system with social housing is that it's actually grand to build them the problem is servicing the cost of them in 20 years time right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, because people have no incentive to keep them up a lot of the time and then when when people go to sell social housing in ireland they deplete the stock of public housing they take the value that was was created by the state take it onto their own balance sheet because they Mm -hmm. sell it or they give it to their own kids and then they move on yeah, right so yeah, there's yeah. a fundamental there's a break in the system there like fundamentally if the state buys something the state should keep it mm-hmm. you know uh, or if the state decides to sell it it should get a market price
0: mm-hmm. but it
1: doesn't get a market price yeah so it, yeah. It, it's just um you know people say oh there's thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people on the housing list like like if I thought I'd get a house I'd go on the housing list mm-hmm. it, it would be crazy right because I, I I'd have the opportunity to acquire an asset at a much reduced price fundamentally right Mm -hmm. but but most people just want housing you know um so so in that world in a world where there's public housing meaning it is the housing of the public it's not there for poor people or rich people yeah it's just there that lowers the rent for everyone else and therefore lowers the price of housing which lowers the amount that roshi needs to borrow which means she's much more likely to get it okay yeah okay and so in a world like that in a world like that low interest rates you want to you want to have um approved housing authorities or, or 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 large areas building loads of housing not shitty housing this is the other thing yes people who are like like i'm not going to live in a shitty apartment i'm just mm-hmm. not i've got to, i've got i've got three kids uh, i've got a good income i'm, I'm just not going to do it right yeah would i like to live in an apartment near the city and have all these you know uh 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 services beside me if the apartment was nice enough hell yeah i would yeah. it would be fantastic but there's no apartment like that that's not that's not a description uh, that that applies if you live in paris if you you have my kind of income in paris you can live in a very nice apartment and mm-hmm. it's nice you know it's it's not crappy. It's really nice, and you're surrounded by by really nice services. Um, I'm not I'm not pretending I'm Johnny Big Potato here. Check out how much money I have. My point is, I'm an, I'm a middle class worker, right? Yeah. Um, you know, loads of money. Loads yeah, of that's money. not me. But uh, my, my, but my point my point is my point is um uh, that kind of lifestyle is 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 fine. And you could do it as long as you have the place to 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 build it. Um, mm-hmm. So the land development authority is is um chaired by uh john moore and actually a, a, a limerick man Um mm-hmm. uh it uh, has a remit to build public housing like right. this some of it's like this some of it will be private housing where private developers build it some of it will be, will be you know social housing as we understand it but i i would really hope that we would see this because the model works brilliantly it works mm-hmm. brilliantly um you the way to see this is uh, and i've done it before make a graph of house price inflation Okay. Uh, in Ireland yeah. and Austria. Right. One of them looks like, looks like a fat man having a heart attack <laughs> and the other one looks like a nice, smooth glacial pond. Okay. Yeah, because the house prices don't change. They're not affected by more people building or more people, you know, they, they, that's just, it's just not what happens. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a far more um, chilled out, regulated space um and well, we I we think,
0: we sure yeah. that'd be no that'd be no crack Stephen we we <laughs> like the old heart <laughs> attack every so often it sound
1: like fun at all yeah <laughs> um
0: uh, I, I I realize I probably need to let you go do you have enough time to answer that quick question about um not taking savings because you want to give out more loans thing or is that a separate
1: oh yeah so so that's that's it probably is a separate podcast but okay. uh, do you remember I said interest rates are really low yeah right so uh, there's a thing, but there's a difference between what's called the nominal interest rate and the real interest rate. Mm-hmm. The nominal interest rate is the one you see, right? So okay. let's say it's 2.35%. That's how much it costs you to borrow money. Right. The real interest rate is that minus inflation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say inflation is 1%. So inflation is a rise in the price level. Then, so if if, if the nominal interest rate is 2.35% and the inflation level is 1, the real interest rate is 1.35%. Okay. Right? We happen to live in a world where inflation is like 1%,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the, the interest rate that you borrow out is like 0.5%. Okay. Yeah. So take one from the other. You have the real interest rate of minus 0.5. Okay. So when you give the bank your money or the credit union your money, let's say you give them 10 grand, mm-hmm. right? They hold that on deposit for you. The central bank is saying to them, you need, rather than, you know, giving people deposits you actually need to take money from them yeah because okay. remember the interest rate is not one percent it's minus one percent mm. yeah so you give me a hundred euros i give you back 99 okay negative interest rates are a funny thing yeah okay They're hard to understand <laughs> but they basically invert the rules of economics right um, in a really 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 interesting way because they mean that things like a 20 year old mortgage 0% actually make sense because if you're borrowing it not minus not 0.5 yeah. and you're lending it not you're actually yeah. making money <laughs> Okay. Do you know what
0: I mean? <laughs> I, do. You know what I would claim to see? What you mean? Um, I'm having. I'm having kind of. It's, a, it's pretty
1: topsy turvy. but I'm That's why. That's actually backs. why. And we will see. Like, if, if, if negative interest rates were a reaction to the crisis, the idea is you lower interest rates, the cost of of borrowing. Mm. You lower the interest rate from like ten percent to five percent, and people will take out more money because it's cheaper to borrow. Okay. And they'll go and they'll do more stuff. They'll like set up more businesses or build more houses or whatever. And that'll stimulate the economy. And then the economy will go roaring up again. You'll see loads of inflation and people like shit, well, you know, jack up the interest rate again. Inflation will go down. That's oh, the notion. Right? And the
0: heart attack continues. The oh. heart attack continues. Exactly. <laughs> so
1: now they basically pumped the interest rate as low as it can possibly go because we yeah. had the 2008 crisis. Then we had the sovereign debt crisis mm. and then were are kind of getting a bit better and then COVID, bang, on the floor again, right? So interest rates are negative again and right. they may well be for five or 10 more years. Okay. In a world like that, it's very, very, very hard to be a banker. Okay. Um, well, and- as
0: I said before, God love them. <laughs> <laughs> Me heart bleeds.
1: Any the banker, yeah. Any yeah, lovely
0: yeah. bankers listening? I love you. I'm sure. Yeah, um. yeah.
1: yeah. Well, 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 you know, <laughs> next week this, this 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 podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people at KBC. And yeah. Anne shuts her mouth. <laughs> yeah. I love Listen, bankers. I would I'm like so... to re- retract yesterday, last week's previous comments. As, I'd like uh, to retract any
0: fumes. any opinions I have because I've been paid. Um,
1: <laughs> My uh, opinions are literally for sale. <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you
0: for that Stephen uh you know I I was having flashbacks to attempting honors maths for leaving certain having to drop out just Sorry. at the uh, la- no 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 it's just there's a certain amount of numbers where my brain just even though it you were explaining it wonderfully I just well, start to, to I start to panic um but listen as always lovely to chat to you and um oh, thank you, um, thank
1: uh, you to Roshan as well for, for 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 the whatsapp um whatsapp voice memo thing voice yeah, memo was, yeah yeah was the first i thought i think that was the first time i've ever gotten one of those really um, yeah oh, i was like oh, you know this is it was like the light from distant stars you know oh um, i love
0: them i i use them all the time i'm so lazy sometimes i don't feel like texting sometimes. yeah i don't and... actually
1: know how to use that one but i will i will have a look and oh. um Be where, i'll start even... I'll, I'll start you know i'll just start sending you you know you <laughs> voice apps voice apps is that a thing is it a voice? whatever okay a voice, okay Sorry.
0: a voice message invents voice... a
1: new product category by accident
0: <laughs> i'm gonna start sending you so many voice messages now right? oh, voice app ceo
1: of voice app you heard it here folks this is this is where it comes from um you're way ahead of the uh, curve as ever <laughs> yeah so so in front of the curve here so much curving um, well, listen, th- 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 thank, thank you very much Anna. Th- th- thanks thanks to roisin for um asking the question if other people have have, have questions you know uh, ask i'll Steve do steven's mad steven's mad best. for
0: he's mad for voice memos so i'm, a, I'm mad for
1: voice apps yeah this is this is this, this is my thing you know but but, but please you know i, I don't think i do well with relationship advice you know i don't i think i could if we can keep the i could you know uh, I'm happy to answer Roshan's questions. Maybe we could. I, maybe that, be, that. Maybe we'll put that on you. And,
0: I would be you know. very worried if anyone contacted us about a relationship. <laughs> if people
1: place. are like, people are like, I don't understand why Brad doesn't like me anymore. I'm like, uh <laughs> you know,
0: what's Brad's income? What's
1: Brad's income? <laughs> Brad's risk profile is in bits circa i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry circa but i think you dodged a the bullet there you know yeah 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 well, well, repayment schedule it's for shit
0: anyway. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on your schedule here this evening. I'm gonna let you go and a uh, i will talk to you next week Thank see you. you later bye you have been listening to Anne and steve talk stuff a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at Anne Get Stephen at StephenKinsella, He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at Anne blake 78 That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post.